spiritual baddies, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. You're listening to the Embodiment Podcast, where we dig into who you are behind closed doors. And even if you aren't an entrepreneur or on your spiritual journey, but you're looking for something to listen to while you're on the treadmill, or on the road, or just looking for some new knowledge to gain, welcome. I'm your co-host, Ashley Fry, And I'm Manote Series. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Embodiment. So today, this episode is exciting for me because this is something that I've done a lot of digging into this past year and a lot of reflecting with. Um, We're going to be talking about karma, karmic cycles, and karmic relationships. Before we jump into the actual conversation today, well, I guess this is kind of starting a conversation, but I have a question for you, Mano. Have you been able to identify any significant karmic relationships in your life within the past couple of years? A hundred percent. I can't say them specifically the people <laughs> that, that are a part of them. No, 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 no. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We're not if expecting don't that. Them, don't worry. But, um, I definitely can tell you this. I, I haven't identified a few of them and it's, I, I don't know how to, how to describe them because they're all different in their own respects. Yeah. And that, but, well, that's what they should be, right? They should all be yeah. different. I mean, yeah. sometimes they should be the same because that's how you pick up on the cycle. But I mean, when you when I first actually like, oh, a good way to put it is I didn't even know that these were karmic relationships until um, we started like you, you taught me actually the terminology of like karmic relationships, karmic cycles and all that stuff. That's when yeah. I realized like, oh, these are like the, those past experiences were uh, karmic relationships. And before then, I didn't know that. I literally didn't even know what karmic relationships meant. Yeah. And we're going to go into that today. But I wanted to ask you, when you're thinking of karmic relationships, I guess, what have you identified any in your life? And oh. if so, details would you, I guess, like to share on those? 100%. I, I'd be able to acknowledge them within just myself and my relationship with myself at some points, but also like with my exes or with a few friends that have been in my life in the past. And I've had a lot of friends come and go, right? And so there's some that I look back and I reflect on them and I'm like, oh my God, that was almost the exact same situation, almost the exact same kind of departure as the one before. Or, oh, I played the exact same role in that friendship that I played in that one as well. So it I've done a lot, a lot of reflecting on the people and the roles that I've played for people and vice versa. And I've been able to acknowledge a lot of them. But I think karmic relations, karmic relationships, especially with romantic partners, I think that one is a huge one to focus and reflect on because friends, they're your support system, whatever. They're very important. But when you're choosing a partner, when you're choosing someone to be that intimate with, it's different, right? Maybe not so different, but you're basically entrusting them with a lot more than you might entrust your friends with sometimes. And I guess I'm wondering, because when we first got into this podcast, we started this episode, you jumped right into the karmic relationship side of things. And I know we're talking about karma, karma cycles, and like, you know, a lot of things related to karma. But I was wondering, why did you jump straight to karmic relationships? And what like significance, I guess, because I I feel like there's significance with that specifically. Well, because it taught me a lot about myself, right? It opened my eyes to who I truly am as a person, what brings out the worst in me, 
and what brings out the best in me, right? And I like one of my goals is to be the best me that I can be, right? So if I'm not reflecting on that, if I'm not putting emphasis on that, then I'm not going to be able to exude being the best version of myself, right? And I guess since we're talking about karmic relationships, how would you define, for the people who don't know what that means, what a karmic relationship is? Well, let's start with, before we go into karmic relationships, let's talk about karma, right? Because I think that gives us a strong base for going to cycles and then relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So karma, people call it destiny, fate, per se, right? But it's following as effect from cause. So it's something that happens after something was done or right to put it into a little bit more simple terms so it's simply situations or interactions that help us navigate through our journey through our path of life through our finding our higher purpose okay so then i guess going like when i'm thinking about karma when you think about karma you think karma's a bitch you think karma's a bitch right right but it's not a bad thing. It's about your perspective on it. Karma shows up everywhere in everyone's life. And it's, I think it's just putting a label on that cause and effect, right? Yeah. Because you always hear, like, people are always saying, like, karma's a bitch. Um, you're going to get your karma. What and goes around comes around. It goes, right? And you associate that negative connotation to it because yeah. it's, right? So when I, whenever anyone, I talk to anyone about karma, they're always, they always just think it's, like, automatically negative. But um, I think there's good and bad to everything yeah and karma is one of those things where it's like a fine line that does differentiate between the good and the bad yeah no i agree and i think that when you are able to remove the negative or even positive label and just let it be as it is and let it happen then you're able to learn more from it exactly right Because then when you put a label on it, you're identifying with it, right? Yeah. And then you automatically start associating and then it starts to mold you and your thoughts, which is what we don't want, right? We want you, at the end of the day, everyone should have their own like self-induced thoughts and should be able to think for themselves. And we don't want society's, you know, stigmas around certain topics to initiate what we think of or like, I guess... What's a, a better word for just, you know, allowing us to think in certain ways that are not beneficial to us? Enabling us. Enabling us. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, One saying that I found when I was doing a little bit more digging on it was the more ego that there is, the more karma there is to come. So when talking about that negative connotation, I think when you're acting more so with ego and just not being conscious of everything that you're doing or thinking, then that negative karma, there's more to come your way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what is a karmic cycle? We know what karma is, but what is a karmic cycle? Okay, this one I am excited about because karmic cycles are like, again, I did not know what a karmic cycle was until Ashley brought it to my attention. I was like, wait a minute. Oh my God. These things that I have in my life are all karmic cycles. Yeah. And, and they and they appear in work. They appear in school. They appear in everything, right? It's not just relationships. And I'm going to give a really like, I'm, I'm going to give a quick overview or not even overview, but like a definition almost of what a karmic cycle is and like a really easy to understand way 
So like, it's very, you know, straightforward to the point, but like the idea of a karmic cycle is that what you do, whether it's good or bad can come back to you. So it's like karma, right? It's like what goes around comes around, but it's a karmic cycle. The difference is it's like a circle. So imagine you're like playing a game and you do something kind, like sharing your winning prize with a friend or, you know, like helping them win the game. I, I don't know, something nice. Okay? Yeah. That kind of action is like a good seed that you plant. Yeah. And when you do good things, it like can, it can come back to you in a positive way. But on the other hand, because obviously we said there's two sides to every coin, right? There's a good and they're bad. On the other hand, if you do something unkind, bad, rude, like stealing someone else's prize instead of winning, like, or instead of, um, you know, doing something nice, like sharing it or whatever, it's it's like planting a bad seed. We're literally just mm-hmm. flipping it around. It's planting a bad seed because that unkind action can come back to you in a negative way, like getting into trouble or, you know, just any sort of bad karma. And that's kind of how I like to explain it. And I think another way to explain it or to give reference to it would be actually to refer back to something that you said in one of our earlier episodes. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And that is, I think, another amazing way to describe it because a karmic cycle is basically positioned in your life or we all have lessons that we need to learn, right? But we either choose to learn from them or we choose to keep doing them. We choose to keep going down the same path that we're going down. And so a karmic cycle, when it's reoccurring and when it becomes more obvious, is really put there to try and teach you that either what you're doing is serving you good or it's not serving you good at all or serving you well, right? Yeah, and I feel like it's, again there's a fine line between good and bad karma Mm -hmm. but what you said is like absolutely correct yeah and i i'd say i guess you kind of explained why karmic cycles are important because it's like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result but i guess what would you say is another way of like to describe why karmic cycles are so important for the people who are probably like don't believe in karma or just aren't really in tune with that side of stuff. I think that you could call them anything else. You could call them life lessons. You could call them anything. But at the end of the day, most people are trying to do better to grow. Right. And so I think you don't even need to put that label on it, but it's a lesson that you're meant to learn, right? Like we all have different things that we're supposed to learn. You've had different life experiences than me. You've gone through different things. My mom has gone through completely different things than I've been going through, right? And so she can tell me stories, da, 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 but at the end of the day, I'm not going to relate to her 100% because I have my own lessons to learn in my own way, right? And we all have a deeper like understanding of how things are and how things are to us, than anyone will ever understand, right? So it you don't need to put that label on it. Fuck a label. Like <laughs> you don't need to. But I think when we look, and we're gonna get deeper into it, but when you we look deeper into like the 12 laws of karma, when we look into karmic relationships, when we look into all of that, it's really just this whole ideology 
that you learn more when you actually take a step back, right? And so I think when it comes to karma, and I don't know if I'm answering your question properly, I'm just going down a tangent, apparently. We're having a conversation, it's all good. Yeah, but when you step back and you actually reflect on your karma, or situations, cycles, like you don't even need to call them karmic cycles, call them cycles, right? If you don't really resonate with that. Call them life. Yeah, yeah. It's it shows a lot about you and the role that you play in every situation that you're in. Um so how can you tell you're stuck in a karmic cycle? I think that's an important question. I think that's a really important question. One, you're repeatedly in situations that bring up the same thing, the same theme, the same feelings the same situations, the same outcomes, right? It could be in a different setting. It could be at your old job, this happened with your boss. Oh, now your boss is starting at your new job is starting to treat you the same way. Why is that happening? Yeah. Not everyone's the same. Why is it happening to you? Maybe, maybe you are doing something that you just didn't realize you were doing and it's subconscious that is making people feel a certain way about your actions and maybe that's something that you can step back and change right red flags and repeated patterns things that just keep on happening (laughs) they just keep on happening and it could be you attracting the same kind of partner it could be you giving too much in friendships it could be you how do i it just it can show up in any way right but you will only see it if you actually choose to step back and reflect right and i guess i don't know would you because i'm thinking of this right now like this example in my head but i'm not sure like it could be a karmic cycle and you know what you're describing with the red flags and like obviously you know more in-depth knowledge on karma and karmic cycles than i do no go go i'll say it after I just, okay. I thought red flag and I, yeah, okay, go ahead. But if you get back with your ex, is that, like, I'm assuming that's a karmic cycle, right? I think it depends because you either learn or you don't, right? And that person can learn too, but that's up to them. So if they haven't done the work and you choose to get back into that, then you haven't done as much work as you might tell yourself you have so yeah it can be it can be a karmic cycle but we all we all evolve we all make changes it just depends on who's actually putting in the effort right yeah and you said red flag before and i just here's the perfect example of a red flag that i have ignored okay and i don't know why in the moment i didn't think "Hmm," right but with my ex when we first started to get to know each other he i thought it was a joke maybe it wasn't now i know it wasn't but he made a joke about being a narcissist and like on my life he literally said to me no like i'm a narcissist in a few ways and I don't know why. I don't know. I'm not going to get too far into it right now because run, we're run, not run, talking run. about But yeah, I I just laughed at it. I didn't take him seriously. I thought, oh, he's just trying to be funny. Oh, but also I had explained to him that I was with a narcissist in the past too. So 
me in my right mind, I didn't think, hmm, right? Like, he's just letting me know. He's subconsciously letting me know. Right? Oh I'm, get, I'm getting a little feisty right now. Yeah, because yeah. I, I feel bad for myself for not noticing that in the moment, but I also, I learned from it, right? And Never, you ever. Yeah. And with my ex before that, he didn't identify as a narcissist. He didn't say he was, but he had a lot of narcissistic tendencies that came out in our relationship, right? And so for me, having someone tell me that, I thought, ha ha, like I just hadn't had that happen before, right? So, <gasps> wow, yeah. so it really like literally he told you his he red fucking flag. told me, like told me, and I ignored it because yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that just shows growth though, because we are talking. This whole thing is about how you know, like teaching everyone about karma, karmic cycles, whatever. Yeah. So they can get out of it from, because you know, I like, that's why I keep on saying, I never knew I was in a karmic cycle. I never knew I was in karmic relationships until you are the one that pointed that out to me with like the, the, the phrasing. And I was like, oh my God, wait, yeah, I, I have experienced those things. I'm glad that that actually like stuck in your head though. And you were able to acknowledge that because y'all, we are not ignoring any more red flags. We are not getting stuck in that ever again. We are moving on from that. We are not going to bypass it if they tell us that they're a narcissist. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no more. Um, and okay. I, I see this next point here, and it's intriguing. I want I, I'll I'll let you explain it first before I jump in here. Um, yeah. But yeah, take take it take it away. No, no, no. I was just gonna say another way to tell that you're stuck in a karmic cycle is that you're being faced forced to face your fears. And what I was going to say to that, because when I read that at first, I was like, but facing your fears is a good thing, right? So I was wondering what the context is of that. Like, because I I know that this probably has a different context in the way you're trying to describe it. But to me, when I read that, I was like, no, we should be facing our fears because that's how you grow. No, and I think that's, I think, okay, I think the way that it's written isn't put into proper explanation. Like, it's just a very simple um, sentence. but. I think what it means is that when you're learning, like when there's a karmic cycle happening, people get comfortable, right? You get comfortable. Some people just like where they are, whatever it's in, right? And so a karmic cycle forces you to get out of your like comfortability zone, right? Mm -hmm. So to be able to pick out like, okay, this is a karmic cycle is it's either I stay comfortable or I face my fears. Right. And so I keep saying it right. And so I need to stop. I just noticed that that's half of my fucking, my words right now. But yeah, so it's not saying that you're facing your fears when stuck in the cycle. It's saying that you're either pushed to face your fears to get out of it or you're staying comfortable and you're not facing your fears because you're in it. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. So then that's why, because I was reading that. And to me, like, you know me, I'm the type of person that's like, no, we need to like, you know, face your fears. You need to like get out of there and like get out of your comfort zone and stuff. You got to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You got to be comfortable being right. Seek discomfort. That's like a, a, you know, another saying that I like that was coined by a a YouTube, YouTube channel brand. Yeah. But like, it's, it's, uh, 
Very true. And so when I read that, I was like, maybe there's a different context I'm not understanding here. And like, now that you explained it, I understand what you mean by that. So it's getting out of that comfort zone and not letting you get too comfortable within the karmic cycle so you can get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next one is you feel hypercritical. So you're overthinking. You're looking at Yeah. You're looking at every little thing, right? Yeah. Like, Mm. for example, in a relationship, let's put it into that because it's easy to explain that. But say you're overanalyzing everything that your partner does. You are Mm -hmm. like paying attention to the way that they're sitting, the way that like obviously pay attention to your partner and the things that they do. But when it gets to a point that you're, oh, they didn't text back for five minutes. Oh my God. Right. Like hypercritical like that, or even for our generation, you're checking their snap maps every five minutes. You're checking their snap score, like to put it into Gen Z. Like if you're getting hypercritical like that, then it's, it means something. It means that you're not in something healthy. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Because I remember, right? Like, I think we've all actually gone through this when you're when you're even talking to someone and you're you have their Snapchat and Instagram, whatever, and they're, they're you, you text them on their number and they don't reply to you. So you go on Snapchat and you're like going through and like checking like if, if they don't have Snap Maps, you're checking to see if their score is going up and like you're hyper fixated and you're like, oh my god, this person is my happiness. If they don't respond, I'm not happy. Mm-hmm. Or they, if they don't do this, whatever. And that is a karmic cycle right there and yeah. it's like yeah yeah it's, it's a great example because that is our definite like our generation right? just for i feel like it. every single person every single person growing up in the age of snapchat growing up with instagram like oh they liked my photo they didn't comment on it yeah maybe maybe they're at work maybe they don't you know like it happens it them. happens the people who put in the effort will put in the effort if you're yeah. being hypercritical and they're not putting in that effort, then pull out, retract, Literally take retract. the lesson, take the lesson and dip. Because at the end of the day, you're, you're literally wasting your energy on that person, right? Like you, you are going out of your way, giving them so much of your time, your energy, and you're just like this, like, I, I need to give them this much of my energy. Like they are my, they are this, in this point in my life, they are my life. Yeah. And that's what it looks like. But when you look back, as Ashley was saying, and you and you're just looking at the overall situation, like, hey, I need to retract myself. Then you get a better view, and you can actually be like, oh wait, I was a little obsessive during this point. Yeah. So, what are ways, I guess, that they, people can integrate these? What we've, what we've, these steps right here. What are the ways that they can integrate these lessons? I think number one most important thing is align with your values understand what you want for yourself when it comes to like here's an example um i brought someone close to me around my friends and family back home and people that they happened to me were my friends little brothers and i watched the way that they interacted with them and there was a boundary completely lost and the boys had fun they like my friends little brothers they had a good time but it was done around all of my friends and like his brother their brother and 
I was almost just completely baffled that somebody would act like that around other people or say the things that were being said around other people. Because even like they're my friend's little brothers. I've known them since they were teeny weeny. And I've never like I make jokes with them, but to the level that it was taken, I was shook. And so for me in that moment, I said, okay, do I really want to be around somebody who pre- who's fine with presenting themselves that way and breaking that boundary and saying inappropriate things and making inappropriate jokes? And it's just different than sitting in a room with your friends and making jokes. And yeah, so that was a moment where I really took it and I reflected and I said, okay, this person does not align with my values, right? And it's also about embodying your truth because of exactly. that, right? It all goes all back into embodiment, guys. Yeah. Embodying your values is embodying your truth. So I think that's kind of what what is exemplified within what you, you know, that whole story slash lesson that you were teaching us right there. Yeah. I think just as important as aligning with your values is live life for yourself. You should be putting yourself first and doing things for you. And the more that you do things that make you happy and the more that you set your boundaries and understand that you don't need to be doing this, this, and this for this person who's fully capable of doing it for themselves, you will learn a lot more and you will be able to avoid getting stuck in cycles like that. And one thing, quickly, sorry, one thing that one of my best friends from high school, her mom, um, said to me one time, it really stuck with me. It's, I will help guide you there, but I'm not going to do the work for you. Right? And just talking about anything, right? If I'm going out with friends and I tell them where we're going, meet me there, and they ask me for the address, you can, like, my friends, I'm going to tell them, but you're fully capable of going and searching it up and finding it for yourself and then confirming with me if you need to, right? I think, like, to put it into a simple way, but yeah, yeah, do things for yourself because other people will do things for themselves. You just can't keep babying other people. It's not going to do you good. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think it's, that's not only a tip for karma specifically, it's a tip for life. Like yeah. it's literally just live life for yourself because at the end of the day, it's, it's, you are in your own body. It's not, I'm not in your body. Right. And that's what differentiates it. When we say live for yourself, it's like, live to the highest potential that you see for yourself and that even like can go as small as searching up the address of a place as you were saying right it's like it's not that hard but it's the little that you do to take control and you know have that impact on your own life i wouldn't even well yeah to take control of your own life yeah i was gonna say i wouldn't even say control but when you're talking about yourself yes you don't want to try and control things outwards, right? Like when yeah, you're, yeah. you're when you're taking extra steps to do stuff for people that they're fully capable of doing for themselves. That's you almost trying to gain control outside yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like be an inwards thinking when it comes to living your life for yourself. Yeah, and what goes along with that too is practicing self compassion. 
you got to love yourself. You got to trust yourself. You got to trust your decisions. Use your friends as support. Use your family as support. But learn how to trust yourself or not even learn. Slowly force yourself to trust yourself and your decisions. And your dad, the podcast we did with your dad um, last week actually kind of play, actually doesn't kind of, it plays into that because self-compassion is also like self-love. Mm-hmm. right that's like, compassion is just another word for love Let, let's be real here and yeah. after that podcast for your dad i actually developed um like a the audio thing right because he had an audio tip where you create like an audio file every morning so you listen to it when you wake up and everything i did that because i was like that's also something for self go back to like, the last episode if you want to hear all about it yeah if you want to hear about it go back to the last episode he dives in value bomb absolutely so i did that and yeah and you know, from that point forward, so far, I've been doing it for a few days now. And I've already seen like, wow, I'm like so much more confident. And and I've actually already completed one of my new, new year's resolutions, which was to get a credit card. And it happened this morning. And I was like, actually, and cue the applause. And I put that in my my recording in the morning. And then yes. it, I was like, shit, it came true. So holy yeah. shit, we are manifesting. Mano, mano, festive. Get it. <laughs> I love that. No, when you sent me that, I was like, praise the Lord. We've yeah. been talking. The thing about that is we've been talking about it for like three months. I've texted yeah. you a couple. I haven't been too on your ass because I, it's your business, not mine. But when we go back to our credit one after that, my mom also asked me, she's like, has Mano gotten his second credit card yet? Has Mano gotten his second credit card yet? Yeah. Well, he finally did. I Man, love that. finally did. So you know what? I was so happy today. I was like, oh my god, thank God, I finally got the other one. And like, I'm gonna have so much to talk about on our next episode of credit. So be ready for that. Be ready, babies. Um, strengthen your independence and your intuition, and that goes along with trusting yourself. But, and this is something that I think we talked when we were talking about so not last episode but the episode before when we were reflecting on our year one of the things i said was strengthen your individuality and that was something like one of my tips right and i think it's so true the more that you strengthen your independence and understand yourself and do things for yourself and don't feel the need to go off of everybody or feel the need to be around people all the time the more you learn to trust yourself fully right and the more that you like you don't care what other people think you don't care what other people say because you're you and that's what fucking matters absolutely i love the way you said that you are you and it does not fucking matter because at the end of the day it doesn't and yeah you know like, <laughs> you know snapping you know we're we're, we're agreeing with that because Another way I'd also say to strengthen your intuition, because obviously you want to strengthen your independence, right? You know how to, Ash kind of went in depth on that, but to strengthen your intuition, a lot of people are, are like, honestly, like they don't know where to start when, you know, talking I about think, intuition. I think that's why they go hand in hand though, saying strengthen your independence and your intuition, because the more that you strengthen your independence, the more that you learn to trust yourself and your intuition. And the more that you're able to differentiate, differentiate between okay, that voice in my head is my anxiety. Okay, that voice in my head is me knowing what I need to do, right? And honestly, 
they are like intertwined. That's why I'm 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 gonna emphasize this, but it's another tip based into that one of to strengthen your independence and intuition, but it's to meditate. And the reason I'm saying that is because when you meditate, you're putting yourself in a space where you can really evaluate your mind body connection. Like you, when you meditate, you, you create new, like. I've got another analogy for you. Yes. Oh my God. Is it about this? Yeah. So I was reading the book, walk like a Buddha. And one of the things he was talking about being on the meditation um, pillow or just meditating in general. And the way that he described it was it's like peeling an onion because there's so many layers to you and so many layers to your mind. It's like peeling an onion. The first time you sit down on that meditation cushion, the first time that you lay down and you close your eyes and you just be, you hear your brain going in circles and circles. And then you do it again. Okay. A little bit better. You're able to actually be in tune. Okay. Every time you do it, you get a little bit more and more deeper into yourself and a little bit more conscious and aware so you're literally pulling back the layers of an onion you might cry too you might cry too like cutting an onion (laughs) yeah exactly you might cry too that's the the beauty of it and i feel like when you cry you really get those emotions out but if i would say if you guys wanted to start meditating right now and i know a lot of people hear and they're like oh it's interesting right but they don't know where to start i just say go on youtube and search up guided meditation for five minutes, for 10 minutes, however much you can do, start with something small and work your way up baby steps. And eventually you will get to that point where you can just sit there and you'll have a really strong intuition. Yeah. And an independence. And, and even if for me, guided meditation, I struggled with at first, right? Because I wasn't able to just fully be, be <laughs> like just fully be. So if that's something that you struggle with as well, put on meditation music and just sit sit lay down however you choose to meditate and remember that thoughts aren't real thoughts aren't real and you are not your thoughts you are the witness of your thoughts so and that's something that really really helped me be able to understand how to actually just settle down while laying down is okay, I'm allowed to think, I'm allowed to watch my thoughts, but just don't get encapsulated in them because they are not me. I am witnessing them happen and I'm able to analyze them, right? And then the more that you sit back and you're like, okay, that's just a thought going through my head right now. Okay, I don't need to, I don't need to go down the path of thinking about that in depth right now. The easier it will be to actually just completely be settled. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, because it's all about, your mind, I don't know how to say it, mind connection, like your mind, body connect. I don't know. Your mind, body, and soul connection. Yeah. Your mind, body, and soul connection. That's yeah. Beautiful. Like, I, I just think that I think all these topics encompass your mind, body connection. Cause at the end of the day, if you have a mind, body connection, then you can realize the patterns of a karmic relationship and you can realize karmic cycles and karma in general. Like it, it's all the same thing, but with yes. different labels. Yeah, you're right. You're very right. What's the last, what would be the last thing that you would say about integrating the lessons of karmic cycles? Oh, I guess I would say like, trust your journey, right? And, and the thing with, with that and why I say trust your journey is because 
at the end of the day, if you don't trust you as an individual, and this also kind of goes into your independence, right? If you don't trust yourself and you don't trust where you're going, you're not going anywhere. And it also goes back to the other episode we filmed last week with your dad about the Hawaii analogy, right? Mm -hmm. If you book a plane ticket, you're expecting to go to Hawaii, right? You're not expecting to go to the Pacific Ocean. And that's kind of the same thing with this. Trust your journey. If you don't trust your journey, you don't know where you're going. You're going to end up somewhere that you don't want to be. Yeah. And something that I used to write down in my journal, not used to, I still do it. But something that really, really guided me into trusting myself and just trusting situations and things that were happening was, and I wrote, and I quote, I am a student of my own life. I, You got to let the earth be your classroom. You got to just let yourself learn. You got to, you don't need to have everything figured out. Not like p- people that you think have things all figured out. I'm sure they don't fucking know what's going on either. But that's the point is to just learn, is to just trust and learn. You're going to keep learning about yourself. You're going to keep learning about other people. You're going to keep learning about situations. You're going to keep learning about society and things. And you're going to keep learning about more about the universe. Like, you just have to be open to learning and not feeling like you need to have everything figured out. And I have a personal example for that that uh, relates to me and you, Ashley. Uh-oh. <laughs> but it's... But it's it's literally like, trust your journey because at the end of the day, when I started all of my businesses, I went in knowing nothing about them. When we started this podcast, we knew nothing going into it about the podcasting industry, how to set up a podcast, whatever. But we trusted our journey that we were going to make it happen no matter what. And we did it because we trusted in ourselves and in our journey. Yeah. It, it goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> the right. I thought there was something coming after that. But no, you're right. You're you're 110% right. And when saying trust your journey, when you said yes to doing this, here like here we are 11 episodes later. Yeah, 11 episodes crazy. later, we had some technical difficulties when it came to recording on Zoom, da da da, da but it didn't matter. We still got every episode uploaded, right? So you just got to trust that you're going to get it done and you're going to get it done, right? The more that you overthink it and the more that you're like, oh, will I? That's time that you're spending wasting that could be dedicated to doing it. Could not have said it better myself. That is probably the biggest thing. It's trust your journey, trusting yourself and just go out and do it, right? If you don't know how to do it, who cares? Just go and try. If 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 there's something you don't know, that's amazing. That's beautiful because that means you're going to learn. Ask questions, but also observe. Yeah. Right. Sometimes Amazing. sometimes you learn more from sitting back and observe observing than you do from actually asking questions. Yep. Yeah. Some people say the smartest person in the room is the one who is observing in the back. Mm-hmm. hmm Now, what we we learned about karmic cycles and we talked about how you can integrate lessons of them. What are karmic relationships? Have you ever been in a karmic relationship? Like romantically, have you ever been in a karmic relationship? Hmm. Ah, that's hard to describe. And I'm going to expose myself a little bit. But personally, I'm in, I, I get stuck in a lot of situationships. Okay. And I wouldn't really say like, like I wouldn't categorize them as romantic per okay. se. Because it's, it's like, you know, you know, like it's a, it's a situationship, right? So it's not really yeah. like, 
you, you get what I mean? So I, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't be the best to talk about romantically um, mm-hmm. a karmic relationship, but I have dealt with them with friends and like with, with colleagues and in, in those yeah. words, really romantically. Okay. Okay. And I guess when, when we're talking about that, how would you categorize them in relation to like romantically? Cause I, we touched on it a bit, a, a bit in the beginning too. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. I could talk about this one. <laughs> um, so for anyone who doesn't understand what a karmic relationship would be, you know how when people describe getting with someone, you might have felt this yourself listening, but when you meet someone and it's an instant... Mm, like an instant like butterflies there's like a magnetic connection almost right that is usually a sign to run away (laughs) that is you and sometimes people are blessed and they meet someone that they do get along with that does understand them that does really really put in the effort and is not karmic at all and it happens like that but more so healthy relationships come from a slow start from getting to know the person from you know what i mean it's not always an instant jump into it my longest relationship immediate we jumped into it and this was the most i learned the most about myself through this relationship but immediately we met each other within a week together every day or at least trying talking every day right within a month dating and it felt like i had known him for forever like that's how in the moment that's how it felt like i just felt drawn to him and karmic relationships are usually usually filled with a lot of passion but with a lot of passion comes a lot of pain they take a lot of energy to maintain When I was in that relationship, I had no, and I said this before, I lost myself completely. I had no drive towards the goals that I had in my head before. And I didn't even care at the time because I was so indulged in this person. And I got so much passion from it that I felt like this is it. This is what I should be doing right now. Right? Your mind played tricks on you. Yeah, it does. It does. And it's that feeling. And your gut is always right. Your gut is always right. You need to learn to trust it. And I'm when I tell you the first time I kissed this man, okay? Wasn't a man at the time. We were both children. But the first time we kissed, it was one of those sparks flying moments. And I I can remember it so specifically. I remember where I was. I remember who was there. I remember all of it. And it was one of those sparks flying. And in the moment, I was like, oh, my God. Right? But that was my body telling me, no, 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 no. Like, no, 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 no. Right? But in the moment, when you feel that for the first time, when you don't have a lot of experience in love or in situations like that it feels right 
And it is right in the moment because if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't have learned everything that I've learned about myself or about relationships in general, right? Like I probably wouldn't have any drive to be on this podcast, to be doing this podcast with you. Like what the fuck would I be talking about? Who knows? But I learned a lot from this stuff and I think it's stuff that everybody should know and should at least try and hear out or try and understand, right? Because it's very eye-opening. And I, I, we talked like earlier, I talked about it specifically about everything having two sides. And I was wondering with karmic relationships, are there two sides? Are there good karmic relationships or are they all bad? Well, I wouldn't even consider them bad. I wouldn't say there's good and bad. I think there is what you need. Right. So yeah. In, when I reflect on that, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot, like there were, I would go a day, fine, two days crying. A day, two days, fine. Okay, everything's better. Oh, we're back to crying. We're back to fighting. We're back to crying. Um, There was a lot of pain and I could call that bad, but I don't really want to label it as bad because I know what I want and I know what I don't want and I know what I need and I know what I don't need now. And if I was not in a position that dragged me so low because of the person that I am and because of how I treat people and because of how I open up my heart to people, I would have, it would happen now or it would have happened in five years, right? So I wouldn't consider anything bad or good. I think you get served what you need and you either choose to take it, you either choose to pick it up and walk away and say thank you. Or you choose to look at it and say, no, I don't want that right now. No, I'm not hungry. Right? (laughs) There's another analogy. (laughs) No, right? I I love the analogies because they just really put it into perspective with like how to contextualize or conceptualize it in your mind. Yeah. And then since you've been in karmic relationships before, obviously, like you have experience in them, you know, it's a passionate topic for you. What would you say like the signs of a karmic relationship would be? Talking about passion and pain, roller coaster emotions. Like when I say going from being happy one day, everything's good and great, to being like ecstatically crying the next three days. If you're up and down so often, if there's no stagnancy, then, and every relationship has highs and lows. Like every relationship has ups and downs. You go through it with your partner, you learn about each other through that. But If you're trying and the other person isn't seeing it for how you want them to or vice versa, you're going to keep going up and down. There's not going to be any stagnancy in between. There's not going to be any like breath of fresh air. You're going to be like halfway there and then it's back to the bottom. Right. Um, Almost, I'd say another sign of a karmic relationship would be being codependent you end up becoming dependent on their opinion their feelings everything right for me when I was in that relationship I would base everything off of what he needed off of what we were going to be doing I would be with my friends and with him all the time like I would intertwine my relationships instead of prioritizing my alone time with my friends and when I got to the point where I wanted to prioritize my alone time with my friends, I couldn't because every single time I would try and do that, it would get ruined because it wasn't something that he was okay with. 
at that point. And even just us going, my friends, one of my friends' birthdays, we all went out, we got in a party bus for her birthday. And it was like every single time we went out as a group, not even like if it was just me and my close friends and him, it was okay. It was fine. But every single time that we went out as a group with all of our guy friends and all of our girlfriends, there always had to be something that ruined it. And I never understood. I never was able to pick it out right away until this birthday, because it was one of our younger friends' birthdays. And she, like in our friend group, it was her, her sister and her cousin. And so everyone, it's just, you got to be careful. <laughs> like everyone's going to get mad if something happens, right? Like, it's not just like, oh, your friends who can say whatever, like it's their family too. And it started off as a little argument. And then it ended up with me wanting to get the fuck out of there because I was like, hey, well, I'm not going to ruin her birthday. And we had a security guard step in and say like, hey, you can't talk to her like that. Like you can be upset, but you can't talk to her like that. He took my phone from me when I wanted to call my dad or get in an Uber home and basically said like, no, like I'm like crying, like bawling my eyes out on the streets of Vancouver. Okay. I don't yell at people, but I was yelling. Like when I say they bring out the bad in you, like they bring out the bad in you. And I just remember it like that night I was like, holy fuck, I can't do this. I can't. My best friend, Angeli, like so much props to that girl because she stuck her foot in when I wasn't able to make him see through. And she really, she was friends with him too. So it was hard and I felt bad to get her intertwined in it, but I don't think she'll ever understand that she genuinely saved me at some points in time in that relationship because there was a sign of a karmic relationship is they end up being really one-sided, right? And so it was really one-sided and it was just, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but. No, but it's the way you're explaining it. At the beginning, when you first started explaining it, I was like, okay, so codependent relationships, like, you are relying on their on them for your happiness. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. Like a portion of it. But the yeah. way you described it also, it's like you, you know are- what? You know what? Sorry to cut you off, but I'm remembering as we're talking about it, I'm remembering the first that night, the first thing where I was like, okay, this night is gonna go downhill was there was something to do with his pants or his shoes. And somehow it was my fault. And he was upset at me and then wouldn't talk, like, not wouldn't talk to me, but was kind of, like, just being blunt and, like, when hung out with the boys, like, go do your thing, go hang out with your boys, that's fine. But, like, don't, we're talking about fucking clothes. Like, you have no right to make me feel bad over something to do with your pants or your shoes when I've gone out of my way to help you get ready to make sure that you're there on time to, you know what I mean? I got us our alcohol, like, yeah, so when a person is latched is able to blame those things on you that is 110% not a healthy relationship and is a sign that you need to take a lesson from it and move on right i guess it's also in that situation when you were in that situation you were probably fearful of how it was going to end it, like you know at the end of the not even like the night relationship whatever it was but 
because I can only imagine like you being in that situation and being like, what, where am I going like in my life with this? Like, where is my life taking me right now? Yeah. Because I can't live like this forever. Yeah. And that's a big sign, I think. And a hundred percent, it was hard. It was really hard. Um, I actually, before coming to Toronto, back to Toronto, I knew I needed to end it. But it was really, really difficult to do it while I was at home because, and like, I knew that it would just be the same cycle, right? And I knew there would be some sort of manipulation or some sort of like, I don't know, just it would have turned out really badly. And so I decided, give it a little bit of time. And when the right moment comes when you're away, you just got to do what you got to do, right? And so it, I was I was really scared. It was really, really, really scary to get out of that and to fathom it and just think about being on my own again. Not even just like how it would end, but being on my own again and like how I would be thinking, et cetera, right? And it was really hard to be alone after that and to be able to think for myself. But I knew that's exactly what I needed to do. And that's also why me leaving brought such a great opportunity and being alone to actually be able to heal myself and be able to reflect and be able to say, okay, what went wrong? Why did it go wrong? Um, what can I do better for myself? And what can I do better looking forward? Right. But it is almost harder to think about getting out of a relationship like that than it is accepting that you're in it, right? So it's almost easier to keep going in it than it is to break that cycle. And I also think that that's probably because of the codependence too, right? Because when you're so codependent on someone, they become part of your everyday life and it's it becomes harder to separate yourself from that. And, and it becomes part of your thought pattern too. Yeah, uh, there's patterns of thought that I used to think because of our dynamic and because of what we talked about and because of just the constant. And I don't know, (laughs) thinking about it, I don't know how I didn't realize it was the same thing every time. But it was actually Mm -hmm. my friend Ryan, my best friend Ryan, who opened my eyes to that. She's like, Ash, why are you expecting anything different to come out of this? right? It's the same thing over and over again. And it's almost like that getting comfortable rather than feeling, you know, like you get so comfortable being emotional. I identified myself as an emotional person and I'm a cancer. I'm a water sign. I can be emotional and I can't, I'm very empathetic and compassionate, but me crying all the time is not who I am. And you Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, sorry, you, you first. No, 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 no. I was just going to say, you almost made me believe that, right? Almost like gaslit me to the yeah. point to make me believe that that's who I was and that's who I was meant to be was some sad little bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> to, yeah. Even though he did that, he was making gaslighting you, making you feel all these these negative ways, right? Like, that you needed him to 
be yourself, right? He, he like he was trying to make you associate your your identity with him. But the fact that you were able to still walk away yeah. is inspiring. And I feel like that's something that a big part of what we should touch on. Like, how would you recommend other people walk away from these situations? When it comes to something that was as toxic as I had myself in, you just have to do it. Like, you just need to induce the strength into yourself to say, I'm getting out of this. Right. And there were times where I was in it and like, I would tell myself, okay, tonight's the night. I'm ending it. I have to. But then there's this whole part of me that's like, I can't do it. Like, I can't do it. But that's just my thinking. Right. And that's just my attachment. And so it's getting the strength to look past your attachment and almost like just getting around that obstacle and just pushing yourself to do it, like going full force into it and just saying, fuck this, I'm retracting. And one thing that really, really helped me be able to build my identity again and learn more about myself was after I did end it, I tried to, I tried to stay in contact with him and keep things healthy. And the same thing was just happening. There's just no label on our relationship. And we weren't talking all the time, whatever, but somehow I was still getting blamed for things. And so first step, I blocked him on everything except for iMessage. Cause I, I just, I care about people and I, so help me God, if anything were to happen and he didn't have anyone else to call in that moment, I would want my phone number to be available to him so then he could call. You know what I mean? So yeah. first step, I blocked him on everything else. But then I got the text messages like, oh, you blocked me on TikTok too. What are you hiding from me? Like, just tell me. Like, I know, like, just making accusations and everything. And so that's when I realized if you're going to remove yourself from that and be able to let go and do it in a healthy way you need to go no contact like completely right because somehow if you haven't done the work yet and you haven't given yourself the time you're going to keep getting dragged into it right and everyone has a different timeline everyone learns at a different pace he's going to learn at a different pace than i'm going to learn right and for me being alone, I knew that I needed to learn right then and there. I knew I did not want to be across the country post-pandemic alone, depressed. And I made it my goal to do everything in my power to support myself so I wouldn't. And that's another thing. Support when you're walking away from something is so important. Being able to break out of that, it is so important to have people to talk to to lean on, to say, hey, I'm not doing so great right now, to say, hey, like, I know you don't need to validate this for me, but can you just reassure me one more time that what I did was the right thing? And even afterwards, there were situations that had happened. There were times where I had to contact him and something would happen. And my friends, they would say, he just showed you exactly why you did what you needed to do. Like, and that's, people always show you after you make your decision that you made the right decision through their actions. 
you don't need to try again. You don't need to, if the person has not grown or does not value you, then it's going to become prevalent. Yeah. Yep. Literally. Also, also remove reaction when you're pulling away and when you're getting out of it. Another time, and I'm sharing a lot about my personal life right now, but you know what? I'd rather be open about it and because it's easier to fully understand when you have a personal example. But another situation where I removed reaction was my friend's car had broken down and I had messaged him and the two have nothing to do with each other, but it was just the timing of everything happening. So something of his was still charging my credit card. And so I had to get in contact with him because I needed that taken off. It was just a subscription. It's not not a lot of money. It was just, it was reoccurring. And I was like, hey, I haven't said anything yet because I don't want to deal with it right now. And my sanity is a little bit more important than that right now. And I needed to be able to be in the headspace to respond to him without reacting. And I just wasn't at that point before then. So when I did, it happened to be when my friend's car had broken down. And um, if you know Toronto, it was on the 401 Express, which you can't get tow trucks to. <laughs> like you have to call the city to get a tow truck out there. And there's just enough space for a four-door, uh, for a sedan to fit in that shoulder. So it was dangerous, right? Trucks go by, gigantic trucks, semis go by there so fast, right? Like it's the express and people whip by. And so we're sitting in the car and I'm trying to, I'm just saying, hey, like, I just need my credit card taken off of your account. And he went down the reaction trail and was basically twisting that into something completely different and emphasizing something that I had said rather than just listening to what I was asking for. And I pulled back all reaction. I said, hey, I will talk to you when I'm not on the side of a highway. Okay. And I called him afterwards and we're talking and I just let him go. I just let him talk. I let him do what he needed to do. And then at one point I was like, you know, like, I just, I just want to figure this out. Like, I don't want to make you feel bad. I don't want to stress you out. Like, if you need to talk about something, I'm here. Like, I will hear you out, but I just need to figure this out. And he said, I just don't understand why you seem so fine right now. And it was almost like my non-reaction was triggering, triggering his reaction because I was just, he wasn't used to being, being calm. He was like, who the fuck am I talking to right now? Well, because sometimes no reaction is a bigger reaction than yeah. having a big reaction. But when you're able to have no reaction and be calm like that, you know that what you're doing is not in, like, maybe it triggered him for his own personal reasons, but I wasn't adding any fuel to that fire. I was just trying to get through the situation calmly, right? And I reflect on that conversation. And I'm very proud of myself for that because I ended up getting my credit card taken off. But also I was, it just showed me a lot about myself and the growth that I had made, right? Because even two months before that, I probably 
my emotional side would have kicked in and I would have that attachment feeling trying to make like trying to feel bad for him would have come out but when you remove reaction you're able to move through a situation calmly and yeah I was getting frustrated and there was probably one point where I did yell but I think it was me just saying hey like sorry didn't mean to raise my voice like that but it was me saying like hey like I haven't been yelling I have I've been talking to you calmly I need you to talk to me calmly because the point of this conversation is not for us to be yelling at each other I'm just trying to talk to you right so healthy communication is so important when you're walking away from something like I know it's easy to want to get mad and say like and stick your foot down and say hey you can't talk to me like that yeah they shouldn't be talking to you like that but if you keep firing back and bouncing off of their reactions then it's just gonna keep happening it's a cycle right yeah exactly and and as we were saying cycles come to an end only when you realize that they need to end Mm -hmm. and when you remove yourself from that karmic relationship when you go no contact focus on yourself try and learn everything about yourself don't get hypercritical let yourself be but analyze yourself analyze your thoughts and that was another thing that really really helped me get through that period of my life was knowing that thoughts aren't real and being able to break away from that attachment to my thoughts and my emotions i feel my emotions i experience them they are not me though i can be sad for a day but i'm not a sad person I can be happy for a day, but I'm not always a happy person. I'm me, right? So when you're able to break away from that, then you release expectations and you're able to just learn about yourself. Focus on yourself and your self-worth. You really need to prioritize that. It is so important. And again, when we talked about, um, when was it? It was in our episode uh before the last one but we talked about holiday horrors yeah we talked no 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 the one after that um, oh, oh, we, reflect- when we're reflecting you- yeah when we were talking about um things that we had learned throughout the year and things that had gone well and you said that when you started focusing on positive people and positive things it started coming to you more it's so true when you start focusing on your self-worth and self-respect and all of that People who respect you and see you for you start to come. People who understand you without needing, without you needing to explain to them, they start coming. And I, I've had an abundance of loving and amazing people come into my life in the last 12 months. And it, it's been like, we're in January now. It's been 12 months exactly since I was able to get out of that relationship. And I am a completely different person than I was in that and there's a term battered woman syndrome (laughs) like my mom uses that term sometimes when describing situations but I was I was yeah I was a battered I was I was young like I was 20 but I was a battered woman at that time like I was not okay I had taken verbal and emotional and mental abuse and it takes so much energy out of you and when you focus on yourself you just flourish like you become you step into that power like little things I've been able to find my style that I like I found amazing people I've 
gotten into reading i now know that i love learning about these things like i'm right now i'm work uh i'm reading zen and the art of falling in love and it's just so interesting to be able to actually take the time with myself and and i'm taking notes as i'm reading it too right like i'm taking excerpts and everything and it's just so cool to learn about yourself right and it adds that level it also learning about yourself is not only just the benefits don't stop at just learning about yourself, right? They they touch every aspect of your life because when you, at any point, start to learn about yourself by doing these things like, you know, learning that you like to read or like getting out of these cycles, you, your, your mind opens up. You know, it opens up to new possibilities, new opportunities, new ways that your future can unfold. And yeah. that's the beauty of it. Yeah, like even like, this podcast. I, fuck six months ago I wouldn't have even like maybe I could have someone would have told me I would have oh, been like okay cool yeah maybe I'll do that but 12 months ago I would have been like what the fuck am I gonna talk about on there right like I would have not six months ago if someone told me I was having a podcast I would have been like why would I have a podcast like yeah. what what yeah it's but now like we've opportunities done it and I've, I've open. Actually, yeah opportunities open right but after that so you, that's after you discover yourself and I think also, when we met, that was a point in our lives when we both had already discovered ourselves. And we ha- were at a point in our lives where we were like, okay, wait, we can do this because yeah. we've had these experiences give us, you know, yeah. the background knowledge on these topics. Yeah. And what comes along with that too, thinking about, so thinking about how my brain worked 12 months ago compared to now, I'm a lot more creative. I'm a lot more open-minded. I'm a lot more optimistic. I'm a lot more willing, but I'm also a lot more willing to set boundaries. I just, I feel something that came along with me and my self-worth was not thinking I was smart enough. And that's inner child wounds from situations that have happened at school, from things that people have said, or just even like my- Imposter syndrome too. Yeah, imposter syndrome too. And that is a huge thing when you're, in a relationship that demeans you and I've been able to break that completely right like I understand like I know why I'm doing this podcast with you and I know that what I say has value and maybe it might not help the person next to me but maybe it'll help the person next to them right because I'm not the only one that's been in these situations or felt this way about myself or felt this way about my relationships like if it's happening to me, it's happening to a million other people, right? Exactly. Like we all live in the same world. We all experience similar people. We all experience similar situations. Maybe it's a little bit different for this person, but maybe they felt the exact same way that I did in that moment too, right? Maybe they felt that burden. Maybe they're flourishing now too. Maybe they are growing and learning. And it's just so important to take that step out and say, you know what? I deserve better. But sometimes yeah. also it's it's like knowing, even just knowing that there's other people that are struggling with the same thing that you're struggling with empowers you because you're like, wait a minute, I'm not I'm not alone in this. Like there's so many other people that have experienced this. Like I if they can get out of it, I can too. Mm-hmm. And it's like a, a group effect. And like people say herd mentality, but in this in this case, the herd mentality is good because you're like, wait, everyone else has been able to do it. Well, Why can't I? Think- I? And that's why there's rehab centers. That's why there's an like AA. That's why there's groups like that is because 
you need support to get out of that. And when you can relate to people, when you can say like, hey, oh, you struggle with this too. Let's move forward together. Like it's almost like gaining accountability for what you're doing. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I don't want to cut this, uh, this part short because we're having a good discussion, but I wanted to quickly lift off like 12 laws of karma. And then I want to, this is, I think this, I think the 12 laws of karma are so important because if you can apply even three or four of them into your life, the rest will come fluidly. So what what I want to say is I want to, I want to go through them all. And then I want to pick your brain on specific ones that you think are of the most importance when starting out in this journey. I think all of them are important. What? I think they're all important. Okay. Then we can touch on all of them. (laughs) (laughs) I I was looking at the time and I was like, okay, I, I, I under like our, our podcasts are usually long. Right. But, um, this one's going to be long. No, this one's going to be longer. going to be longer. But, you I know, think, it's, it's... I think true. it's good because we, are, we aren't we are just talking about karmic cycles or karma or we're putting it all in one. And I think it's also just a very raw topic to talk about. And I think it's better to go in depth when you're talking about stuff like this than to just, like, baseline it, right? Mm-hmm. So then I guess we can start off with the first law of the 12 laws of karma, which is the great law of cause and effect. What does that mean? We talked about it earlier. It just means your actions have consequences. What goes around comes around. Good or bad. Your good actions good or bad. Your good actions cause and effect. Your bad actions cause and effect. They might yeah. be bad, they might be good. Anything that you do. In order to get what you want, to get anything, it has an outcome that comes afterwards. <laughs> an outcome that comes afterwards. Yeah, no, literally. And um, honestly, like, yeah, I don't even know what else to say, but like, that's that's literally it. <laughs> like, there's no other way to you explain it. You reap what you sow. You, yeah, you reap what you sow. More analogies. This episode's jam-packed with those. <laughs> um. Number two, spit it for us. The law of creation. (laughs) Life doesn't just happen to us. To make things happen, you need to take action. Instead of waiting for something to just magically appear in your hands. Yes, okay. And this is another thing. Talking about manifesting. Um, Manifest. Write it down. Yes. But it's not just going to happen from you writing it down. It's going to create that visual for yourself that you're capable of doing it. But you need to also, like when it comes to financials, when it comes to stuff like that, yes, manifest an abundance of wealth, but also make sure that you are gaining the knowledge that you need to gain in order to be abundant with wealth, right? Yeah, I I 100% agree. I love, anyone who knows me knows I am obsessed with man manifesting and like i'm so obsessed that i literally have coined the word manifesting because i'm literally that did you obsessed. actually I, I, I didn't actually like i, co- oh. I coined it I, i'm the one like who started saying manifesting well yeah because so your like, name actually, is fucking mano because my name is mano so i was like i'm man and everyone knows me as the manifester because I, I always just said i'm always manifesting everything i'm like 
always positive affirmations, always saying like, think positive, whatever. And I could not agree more with that. Like to make things happen in your life, you don't only just have to manifest, but you have to take action on those things. But Mm -hmm. the manifestations are the vessel to getting started. They create what's going on up in your head. Talking about creating. Okay. Another affirmation that I use writing in my journal all the time. I am the co-creator of my reality. I am co-creating my reality with the universe. Love that. Love that. And and there's this one on TikTok that's gone viral. And the, these two girls, and they said like something like, um, I everything to me happens for a reason or something. It's like everything. Everything, everything doesn't for- happen to me. It happens for me. It happens. Everything doesn't happen to me. It happens for that's me. That's what I, I use that one too. Yeah. And. That's a big one. I was like, okay, wait, that's a really good one. Everything doesn't happen to me. That happens for me. Um, I probably just messed it up because I think I I did not. But, you know, along those lines, going to the third law is the law of humility. And obviously, you must be humble enough to accept your current reality. Sometimes the ego can take the best of us and it can take a hold, a chokehold over our lives. And it's kind of just letting go of, of that massive ego and just looking at things from a different view because ego can really tarnish ego can ego can make you think that uh, everything that is happening is because other people are doing it right like talking about karmic relationships talking about my relationship with my ex that happened because i let it happen because i didn't understand my self-worth because i didn't understand what was right and what was wrong i let it happen I I am fully, fully responsible for that relationship getting to the point where it did, right? You have to accept what you contributed to be exactly where you are, right? And that's exactly. good and bad, right? Like when it comes to good things happening to you too, do not, do not say no, like, yeah, okay, fuck it. Like affirmation, like I am lucky, but do not just say that that happened because it happened like you did something you put in effort you presented yourself a certain way you spoke to this person you put in the energy you put the good energy out there for that to happen so yeah what is number four mano drumroll please law of growth (laughs) (laughs) this is like every time there's a new one it's like a drumroll you Um, need a growth mindset which we talked about in our last episode as well so understand into there yeah that one it'll break it'll break that down a lot you need to understand what is controllable and what is uncontrollable and that goes and that's why i say all these laws are so important they're all very important because they go hand in hand with each other too just like the law of humility you got to understand what's controllable and what's uncontrollable what did you contribute what did you not contribute what is the fault not fault of other but what is from the action of other people right i was not Oh, wait, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. This, this, this was like a. I was going to say, you cannot grow by changing other people. If you keep trying to change things outwards, inwards is going to stay the exact same. Yes, absolutely. Focus on yourself, focus on your own journey, but have that growth mindset knowing that you can accomplish anything and that nothing is fixed in this world, nothing is written in stone, right? Things are written in the sand, is what I like to say. And they can be changed as easily as the tide comes in. Yeah. The number, fifth law, five. number five 
five is the law of responsibility. And here I see a little quotation from a yoga instructor and it reads, it's a reminder that you own what happens to you in life. It's a great reminder that what happens to you is because of you. This eliminates the opportunity for you to look outward to find the cause of your problems. I think that quote right there basically says everything we need to know about the law of responsibility, right? It's taking responsibility for your life because you're the only one that controls your destiny. Yeah. Yep. Moving on to number number six is the law of connection. Everything in your life, past, present, and future, they are all connected. Remember when last episode he spoke about you're either either getting better or getting worse? What you do today determines who you will be tomorrow. Who you are today is the result of what you did yesterday. What you do today will determine who you are in five years. Yep. It is all connected. It is all connected. Ready? Number seven. Seven. The law of focus. (laughs) And the law of focus basically emphasizes focusing at one thing at a time, which is something I need to work on because I (laughs) am not focused at one thing at a time. (laughs) I focus on like 50 things at one at one time. And actually, you know what? The the only (laughs) reason why. I think it's important just because sometimes I'm talking to you and you're doing something else. And like, it's fine. Like what you're doing is more important than what I'm saying. But you... No, my God. No, no, that's not... No, I see. I, that feel That's... No, wrong. no. Because sometimes sometimes we're both just doing something and I'm, I throw something in there. But <laughs> I'll say something to you and you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah. And I just like asked you a question about like what your mom was doing like eight years ago <laughs> in wherever on her vacation to go see like Donald Trump. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're not completely focused on um one thing, you spread yourself too thin and it's almost like you can get things done faster when you focus on one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. When you're, it's and like I- the power of now. Exactly. And I- I've also noticed when you're saying that, like, I also, that's probably a problem of mine because I do that with Rima too. Like I'll, she'll be talking to me and I'll be doing something on my computer and it will like, I'll, it will register in my head, but it won't register in my head. Sometimes you ask me and I'm not, I'm not trying to call you out, but yes. sometimes, cause you do take on a lot. You take on a lot, but sometimes you ask me questions about a situation that I've talked to you about before that you've already asked the questions. You've already asked those questions yes. and I'm like, okay. This guy's too busy sometimes. <laughs> no, I that that is something I do. That is an issue I have. But no, you know what? It's I, not I, an I, issue. It's it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah, that's okay. Number eight, the, the law, law of giving and hospitality. Give to the things that you believe in. Very important. Do not be given into the thing. Like talking about your values, talking about stuff like that. Don't be giving to things that you don't hold value in, that you don't believe in, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. Now, next one is the law of here and now, which goes into so the power of now. important. If you haven't read it, read it. The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. So important. It's a very full, uh, philosophical book in the way that it's written, but everything that he talks about is so interesting and like it's really important to embrace the present because that's the only actual moment like 
yeah, I'm going to be alive. Or actually, I don't know what's manifest that I'm going to be alive in five years. But right now, yeah. <laughs> right now, here and now is all that I have. And that's all that I need. Right. Absolutely. When you and focus on 10. past events, sorry, quickly, when you focus on things that happened in the past, instead of focusing on now, you will continue to keep reliving those things, reliving those emotions, reliving those feelings. Number 10. Number 10, the law of change. History will repeat itself. And literally, um, I, I remember I always used to be like, no, I history is not important, whatever. Who cares? Like, let's look into the future, not the history. But history does repeat itself. So choose to learn from the experience of your history and do something differently to change the cycle. Number 11, the law of patience and reward. To change the future. We must be consistent with our karmic deeds today, right? It's about patience. It's about consistency. It's about trusting that what you're doing is going to create this outcome in the future. Like with the gym, with anything, with reading. If you don't like reading, if you try, read a little bit today, read a little bit tomorrow. Over time, you're going to end up liking it and you're going to be able to totally indulge in a book right exactly. your goals now, will come into fruition yes and finally number 12 the last law of karma is the law of significance <laughs> and inspiration amazing we all play a part in this world no it's amazing because and i think this is so important when it comes to just believing in yourself too is we all contribute in some way like you mean something to someone you mean you should mean something to yourself but (laughs) you are loved you're valued and you help people even if you don't always believe it Mm -hmm. and now i think let's give a quick summary on everything we talked about because this was a long episode let's give a quick summary before we end off and before we do that uh, thought just popped into my head which i think goes really well with the law of significance and inspiration is sometimes when we're sharing something it might seem really small but it can play a huge role in someone else's life or changing someone else's life or shifting their perspective right yeah yeah absolutely yeah yeah okay summary yay okay summary. where did we start we talked about what karma is first yeah then so Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So then, then we went to what karmic cycles are and then why they are important. And then again, karmic cycles are what goes around, comes around. If you do something good, you will get something bad back or something good back. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I was thinking of a positive negative there. Um, if you do something good, something good will be in return. If you do something bad, you know, vice yeah, versa. And it's about your life. You gotta, if you want to change things, you gotta reflect on the lessons that have been happening and repeating themselves. And they just really show you, they guide you to be your higher self, right? Exactly. And how do I identify them? We went over that. We went over that as well. Integrate the lessons of karmic cycles as well. And we're not gonna go over it right now because we've been talking for so much and we went into so much depth about it, but those two are really important to understand right like reading the red flags all of that now this was a big one for me (laughs) what karmic relationships are the signs of karmic relationships and their purpose every 
thing serves a purpose, whether you want to take the lesson or not. Right? Everything has value. Just like you have value, I have value, we all have value. The things that we go through and the things that we learn have value. Absolutely. And then what did we go through? We talked about how to walk away from karmic relationships, which Ashley kind of shared her story and went a, a lot in depth and shared a lot of value within you know i'm sure we'll talk about it again too i'm sure it'll come up again but yeah it could be a whole episode on its own but that is something we (laughs) talked about within the episode and finally (laughs) one of the last big things we talked about was the 12 laws of karma which we just went over just to bring everything home you know in interrelate everything we've talked about today yeah and the 12 laws of karma i think if you're struggling with direction and you're struggling with um just being okay or struggling with motivation struggling with anything look at the 12 laws of karma just read through them i'm sure just reading through them will inspire you a little bit and give you a little bit of intel on what to do like the law of focus in specific for me i literally read that and i was like wait a minute i i you know that relates to me yeah so thank you guys so much for today mano thank you for digging in deep with me thank you for asking me questions and thank you for also letting me use this as an outlet to share my story my story oh my god i guess <laughs> sounds so weird <laughs> but no, no it, like genuinely i love conversations like this and i love being able to have raw conversations and i hope that this helps some of you in some way or i hope that it opened up your perspective to situations that happen in your life maybe um amazing conversation if you sat through this whole episode we are so grateful for you because i know this is going to be a long one um yeah and if you guys have anything that you want us to touch on again when it comes to this topic let us know because this is a topic that we could touch on a lot and we could reflect on a lot i'm just glad that we got the basics out there exactly so now we have that baseline and you guys have that baseline too that Mm -hmm. you guys can right because i know from this just from talking today i've grown a lot yeah um so thank you guys again for watching today or not watching listening today hope and, but we're manifesting that you'll be watching soon yeah yeah we're manifesting <laughs> that you'll be watching something we do soon yes okay have an amazing day babies happy tuesday if you're not listening to this on tuesday happy weekday happy weekend have a wonderful day and remember that you are powerful Hey, thanks so much for listening to the show this week. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can write to us at embodimentpod at gmail.com. And if you want to send us a DM, it's at embodiment.pod. Or if you'd like to follow us or message us personally on Instagram, it's at Series and at ashley.fry. I'm Ashley. And I'm Mano. And you've been listening to Embodiment, who you are behind closed doors. Thank you guys. Have a beautiful day, babies. And I am so grateful for you.